Hello, Monetization Nation. Welcome back to another episode with LaVon Lewis. In the last episode, we discussed why it is so important to not compete on price. In today's episode, we'll be discussing concepts from LaVon's book, Today is a Great Day for a Wow Image. Wow represents a customer's reaction, the point where our product, service, and branding connects with that customer. The book walks through the creative side of branding. It breaks down the psychology of how people think, what colors mean, how to build a good website that attracts an audience, etc. It also details what creates a wow image for a customer. I love interviewing book authors. Book authors are some of my favorites because I think when someone has to write a book, it forces them to think through their message. It forces them to refine and come up with thought leadership. So yeah. let's let's shift and let's talk about your book a little bit. You've got a, a book called Today is a Great Day for a Wow Image. Can you tell us about that book and, and some of the key points and concepts that you, you share in that book? Yeah, well, the reason I say today is a great day for a wow image is because, you know, the wow to me represents a customer's reaction, right? It doesn't have to literally say wow, but that's the point where you literally connected with that customer, right? And today is the day to make the decision to do that. And so the book just walk you through with me being a creative, the creative side of branding, you know, it breaks down, you know, the psychology of how people think, what colors actually mean, how to build a good website site that attracts an audience and it just it's the nuts and bolts and details of that in addition to samples of work throughout the book as well and it just lets people know what creates a wild image in the customer's mind teach us what some of the core concepts are mm -hmm. to create that wow image sure but well beyond some of the principles of just knowing your customer and this or that i would just say let's say logos for an example right about 99 of our decisions are subconscious right it was a harvard study that did this and with logos, we're attracted, there's three parts to it. You have the icon, which if this was Nike, it would be the Nike Swish. You have the color and you have the actual word Nike, right? Our brain processes logos in that order, shape, color, name, which is why it's not advantageous to a small company that's not well known to have a really complex, hard to spell name because the URL for the website would be hard. The social media handles would be hard. It would just be really hard to pronounce. And so the best way to do something like this is to have a really deep meaning with the icon. Example, if you take the, um, I like to give examples, you take like the Barack Obama logo. It was the big O with the sunrise in it. Yeah. It has a lot of depth in that logo, right? People yeah. don't realize subconsciously that depth connects to you. So that logo is obviously, you know, it's a U.S. flag. It's obviously a sunrise. It's a horizon, all these kind of things. It's like nine different things in the logo that adds the subconscious depth to it, right? That makes it different than just a regular political logo. Well, that speaks to our subconscious, that, and then the second piece is how the colors are used, and then just the name Obama. I'm sure they realized Barack Obama could have been difficult to spell or pronounce, and they just handled it the right way. So it was like Obama 08 or something like that, and they just handled it the right way. Um, most successful companies realize this, and they get to a point where they only use the icon. Let's take Starbucks' new logo in the last couple of years. They don't say Starbucks a lot with it, it's just the mermaid, right? You take Nike, it's just the Swish. Apple, go to the Apple store. It doesn't say Apple on the side of the store. It's just an Apple because they realize we process about 5,000 images a day and that I need to simplify it as much as possible. And so yeah. they only show you the shape, then the color, then the name. Yeah, I, 
I'm going to misquote this, but I, I believe I read a statistic in the last week or two that that you can process information from images about 10 times faster than you can process data from words. So people driving by a building and seeing that Apple icon, people are going to see that and associate that a lot faster and and a lot more frequently than when they're driving by and seeing the word Apple. You are 100% correct. And even, even when you're talking about that, something else from the book, if you look at that psychology of fonts, for an example, there are certain fonts you can use like Times New Roman that feels traditional. You see a lot of law firms and things of that nature. So you can control how people feel about the brand or you take the Apple font if you go on their website and look at what they use It's a little more modern and smooth in its approach. That feels modern, it lasts longer, it's not as antiquated and it feels good. So versus script writing or what have you. So you can control the feeling, which is what branding is all about too. Yeah. Are there any stories or examples from the book that you'd like to share? Um, You know, I I tell my story a lot about how I got my business started and how we had to control perception. Because, you know, when you start as a 19-year-old, people don't think you know anything about anything, right? So so, um, we had to do a lot of what you talk about a lot, credibility marketing in the early years that helped us out, which was all of those awards, top 25 in Atlanta, doing fantastic work and showing that work and and making sure that we get the right referrals, reviews, things of that nature, right? So um, I tell the story of how we were able to build what we had. And you know, know, when you're a young entrepreneur at that time, it's difficult because you have no experience. It's like saying you're a 20 year old life coach. It's a little difficult to prove that, right? Yeah. So, so, um, but when you're a 40 year old life coach, you got some, some experience behind you and people feel it and they see it. And so we had to create that in the front end with branding, which is how we're able to help people these, these days. I love that. I love that you you built around credibility marketing. So you used awards and you have won a whole laundry list of awards. Mm-hmm. And so, so what were the best credibility marketing strategies for you? Which ones do you think helped you the most for people to trust you as, as a new startup company? I think three things. I think awards, speaking, and um, there was a third that just slipped my mind in the book. Oh great. yes, writing the book. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So people have to realize with the book, I didn't, I didn't have to or have a goal to sell a million books, right? To me, that book was a business card, right? I knew that book would get me in interviews, it would get me in speaking engagements, and once I get in speaking engagements, there would be five hundred yeah. people in there, and out of that five hundred, I can close ten, and here we go. That's right. And that's, that was the strategy. I love that. I love that you brought up credibility marketing. I think credibility marketing is the most important tectonic shift happening today. People don't trust what businesses say about themselves. We have to market ourselves through those credible sources. Mm -hmm. So I, this week I just purchased credibilitymarketing.com and I am almost done writing the book credibility marketing. So um, that's going to be a big announcement here within the next couple of months that I'm going to, I'm going to be releasing that book. That's a monster. You're good for that one. (laughs) Yeah. I'm really excited about that. That's good. I'm glad you got that. What else did you do to build your credibility, go into more depth and, and what other advice would you give entrepreneurs about how to build their credibility today? Here's the biggest thing about credibility marketing that people probably won't think about. It's probably not a popular answer, but it boils down to integrity as well, right? And when I say that, it's about not only when you deal with a customer doing what you say, but what do you do when things go wrong, 
right? When you screw something up, when you break something, when you have to give a refund, you know, how do you yeah. have people, right? Because you can have all these reviews, wars, all these things, and then you mess something up and the client is like, hey, give me $10,000 back. And you're like, no, none of that matters, right? But if you say, yeah. you know, we fell short here, you fell short there. Instead of 10,000, let's do 5,000 and let's throw in free work. And, and maybe if you come back again, you get a 20% discount. Those are just examples, right? Those, that integrity and the way you handle conflict really matters in credibility marketing because you have to back that up. The, credit, the online credibility, speaking book, reviews and all of that stuff, it's like the book cover, it's like the billboard, but you still have to prove it, right? right. And so you just have to have, it's, it's really a lot of integrity and honesty within yourself. I love doing it. The right, doing the right thing. That's right. And we can, I think there's a Warren Buffett quote that he says, it takes a lifetime to build your credibility in just five minutes to lose it. When we do the wrong thing, it is so easy to lose it. We can do so many things right and then just treat our customers wrong once and not fix it. And, and we, we lose it all. And it can truly, and, it can truly be by accident. You know? Yeah, that's right. And yeah. we all make mistakes. This isn't about being perfect to yeah. keep, you don't have to be perfect to keep credibility. You just have to be really good at fixing mistakes. And when we make those mistakes and, and not just really good at it, we've got to be really fast at making mistakes. Yeah. Um, when, when we make a mistake, we've got to have a system in place for quickly identifying it, being able to get that information from the customer and then make sure all of our team members are empowered that when that mistake happens, they can do whatever it takes to make it right. Any other advice or stories about credibility marketing? Um, I think, I think that's what I was saying in a nutshell. People really just have to pay attention to what you and I just said. I think it's important. It's, it's the front end and the back end. If I add one more thing before I stop talking about it is that yeah. people have to be intentional, right? So a lot of, I've have 50 awards. A lot of those awards, people recognize me. But you better believe a lot of those, I looked up myself what the awards were and that put me in front of the right crowds, right? So I give you an example. At one point here, there's an organization called GMSDC, 700 small businesses, 20 corporations, Fortune 500 companies. And they have this award show every year called the Spirit of Alliance Awards. And it honors people from zero to a mil, a mil to 10, 10 to 20 mil and 20 mil and up. So you have these categories, it's very hard to win. But I intentionally went after one of those awards and I was able to win one, stand up in front of those six, 700 people, accept the award and things like that. So whether you're talking about PR, press, blogging, awards, book, speaking, you have to be really, really intentional. Even if it's a speaking engagement, if they say, hey, we don't have an honorarium, the first question I ask is, who's in the audience? If you yeah. have five, 600 people that are the profile, I know I can get there and close them and, and bring more awareness. I'm strategic about that. Just fly me in. I don't need an honorarium, right? But most people, we get hung up. I need $5,000 or I'm not coming and you miss out on new exposure. Okay. That's, that's great. So looking not just at the value of what we get paid to speak, but look at the value of, of the, the reach when we have those speaking opportunities. Exactly, because you can get a five thousand dollar honorarium, or show up and make three hundred thousand on five. Right. Simple math. So <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. So one thing that you you've spoken about in the past mm -hmm. is what is it we're really selling, and maybe the product that we think we're selling isn't what people are really buying. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about that a little bit? I do. I think people have to connect to a person's emotional state, right? So 
if you have a hair salon, you don't really sell hair, you sell confidence, right? And it's very important for people to know that because if I think I just sell hair, I would just say, hey, here's the hairstyle is $150, buy. And you're just a commodity, you're just doing what everybody else does. But if you know you sell confidence, which is about how that woman feels when you're done and she looks in the mirror and how she feels on that first date, how she feels in that interview about herself, if you realize that, you might have a book club at your salon. You might have an event outside of the salon that focuses on women's you know, uh, empowerment and things of that nature. You might have a space in the salon that women can talk before they get their hair done. You may have books you're selling in there. Like I mentioned, you may have certain food, things of that nature. And you can really expand your platform. And like I mentioned to you, creating this value and it's less about price because people just enjoy going there you know, because of the experience. So in every category, I mentioned Apple sells lifestyle and don't sell phones, which is why they can sell a $200 phone for $1,000. It's, it's lifestyle and they portray that lifestyle a certain way. Um, so with every, even with us, I know we sell confidence. We have branding, design, web, but it's confidence. When a person gets what we build for them, they believe they're gonna be successful. We've had clients cry when we built their brand before and they've actually said, oh, we're really gonna do this now. I really believe it, they're confident now. I know I sell that. And so indirectly, I thread that in my sales pitch, confidence that you're gonna do it. We believe in you. People are gonna believe you and that's what sells. But had I not known that, I would just be selling logos for $500. Right, and you'd be you know? a commodity. Right, exactly. Can you talk about how brand originality leads to brand value? And what do you mean by brand value too? Brand originality, I think people want to, they don't want to, they want to feel like they've experienced something they haven't experienced before. So I give an example. If you have, there is a restaurant here that's called um, Rocksteady, very nice restaurant. And it's mixed with like an African theme. The decor is like really nice, low lit, but it has a mix of the perfect drink, the perfect food, the perfect music, lounge upstairs. It's just a mix of a little bit of everything. It's so original right? That it provides a lot of value. And like, if I tried to book dinner, I probably couldn't get dinner for like four or five days or maybe two weeks at some time, because it's not just a restaurant. It's so original that it just creates that value that people will pay for, you know, and that's, that's in every category. Or if you look at, um, let's go back to cars. I love cars. If you can't tell by now, and you'll look at maybe like a Rolls Royce Ray, right? Or something like that. When you get in the stars in the roof, how it makes people feel, you, you, the plush seats. If you get in that car, I don't own one, by the way, you got to buy me one. But <laughs> if you get in that car, the carpet in that car is more plush than most houses you were in. It just feels like you're just sitting in it, right? The sound system, the digital dash, all those things. So the, the color, uh, the different choices of paint you can choose. Everything's so original. When you drive up, people know, what does he do? You know, he has to make money. He does something different, things of that nature, right? So it creates a certain value for them and, and the car is what it is. What advice do you have for, for our audience about positioning? So the advice that I would have is I definitely think it's one of those top three things every small business should have, but you definitely have to know your position. In case people don't know, positioning is communicating the difference between you and competitors. And it's also just knowing why you exist. You know, So if you were able to I think if you go back to, um, I'm trying to think of a successful brand. You go to Walmart, for example, they wanted to create a place where people can get pretty much any product at any time of the day 
for a low price, right? So that's really hard to duplicate. That's their position, right? So here's how serious they are about the position and knowing their business is because if I were to sell a product and I tell them I want to sell it to them for $200 each, they would tell me, hey, LaVon, you have to get this price down to 150 each to meet our positioning statement with our customers. And if you can't do that, you can't put the product in the store, right? And so I think positioning is, is really key because like, again, it tells the customers, hey, you come to Walmart, you get any time of day, several locations, low price. They, I can get groceries, but I can also get clothing. I can get shoes on a Christmas tree, right? I can, get, I can just stop and get everything. That's their position. Um, if they didn't know that, they would just wouldn't be able to compete on that level and own the market like they do. And I think they're still, what, top three in the world, companies in the world, something like that. They were number one for some time. I haven't looked in a while, but but um, it's, it's the reason why they're able to do that. And the, their secret weapon is their logistical system as well. And so, you know, this positioning even feeds that. They're able to get product in and out quick. It's very rare that Walmart doesn't have something, right? So as soon as it goes off the shelf, it's reordered, right? And it's, it's at the right price, it's quick, and that's their positioning. So when you understand positioning, you can have that level of success and efficiency and clarity which is the biggest thing in branding. If you have clarity, you can communicate clearly and people understand the difference between you and the next man and you hopefully create brand loyalty with your customers. Thank you so much, LaVon, for sharing your stories and insights with us today. Here's some of my key takeaways from this episode. Number one, our logo should be simple and have a deep meaning. Number two, our font should reflect the feeling we want our business to have or the personality of our brand. Number three, when we know what we are really selling and the true value of that to our ideal customers, we can market ourselves better. We can expand our platform and let our prices reflect the value of our products and services. Number four, people want to experience things they haven't experienced before. So originality is valuable. Number five, when we understand our positioning, it's a lot easier to be successful, efficient, and clear. Number six, awards, speaking, and books can be great ways to establish and grow our credibility. Number seven, the core foundational principle of credibility is to act with integrity and be credible. Credibility marketing is not about pretending to be something that we're not. It's just communicating our true credibility more effectively to our ideal customers. To learn more about or connect with LaVon, you can find him on LinkedIn or on his website, brandingconnected.com. And there's links to both of those sites in the blog post for this episode at monetizationnation.com. Do you want to take your digital monetization to the next level? You can get a free ebook about passion marketing and learn how to become a top priority of your ideal customers at passionmarketing.com. You can also subscribe to Monetization Nation on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, our Facebook group, and your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for joining me for this episode. I wish you success in improving your branding and credibility. Do you want to become a better digital monetizer? To receive great monetization stories and secrets, please go to monetizationnation.com and join free. And if you liked today's episode, please subscribe to the show and share it.